Hello and welcome to the Power Switch, gaming's call and talk radio show. My name is Peter Spasia, and today is July 9th, 2017. This is the 31st episode of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We use Discord as a means to add and drop callers to talk about video games and switch the power that is found in a typical gaming podcast. You can join our server to participate during recordings at rhymeswithasia.com slash call. Want to start off with a bit of housekeeping this week. Uh, thank you for tuning back in. Had to take a little time off. Uh, some personal things got in the way. Had to rethink some things about the show. I think you'll like what I've come up with. It's a little bit of mixing up the format a bit. If I think if anything maybe could be improved about the show is that people could do with more prompts about what to possibly call in about. Not necessarily everyone listening uh, could easily contribute, whether it's you know what they're playing recently or maybe their favorite games are, but maybe they want to stay current and talk about gaming news. After all, that's that's what the show is based on, is, is the user feedback, the callers, and that's, it's really important to the idea of a call and talk radio show, right? So we're going to mix up the format a little bit slightly. Uh, I'll first tell you a little bit about what I'm playing. We'll get into a headline roundup, which is a segment that we've been using on some shows in the past, kind of give you the big game headlines in a very quick rapid fire format. We'll get into the main topic like we usually do. Then it's off to you, the callers, to kind of carry the show and then we'll end it off with a fun segment. It should be an interesting little mix up, but I I think it kind of gives a little more context where gaming news is as we we start this week. And uh, of course, you know, when big game news happens, of course, I'd like to get back to doing some episodes during the week as well. Uh, But it should be interesting. Uh, Not only have, have... Things been a little tough here, uh, you know, with the podcast, but also uh, my wife and I, we are starting to look into getting a place of our own. So I've been living with my brother for the last five years. My wife has joined for about two of those years and and we need a place of our own. So uh, we're, we're starting that hunting process. So if you've ever hunted for a place, whether it's an apartment, whether it's, you know, anything like that, I mean, a house, it's, it's a big step. And so it's one we're about to take. Hopefully it doesn't interfere with things too much. But I guess that's kind of a bit of behind the scenes there. Uh, as far as what I'm playing, I beat Horizon Zero Dawn today. Uh, that put about 30 hours into that. Now, it's, it's a much bigger game than that. Huge open world. Great story. I really, really enjoyed my time there. It's going to be pretty high up there in the, uh, the top 10 favorite games at the end of the year for me. Uh, but I got up to around level 38 and the, the cap being 50 there. Uh, but again, like that's, that's trying to go through the game and to try to beat it, to try to move on to the next game. Uh, really, really enjoyed my time with Horizon Zero Dawn, though. That's a must-play on PlayStation 4, one of the, the best first-party exclusives there. And then also Super Hot VR. I mean, I was raving on our last episode about that. It's the one VR experience that you have to play in 2017. I uh, really got around to beating that, and that just took some more patience, uh, you know, really stopping and taking the time a little more than what I was doing. So that was very enjoyable. And uh, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard is up next in the, the rental queue. I was disappointed that I really wanted to try Splatoon. And I had you know never played the multiplayer. The multiplayer doesn't necessarily interest me, but I had heard very good things about the single player for Splatoon. Uh, you know, a, a short campaign, about five hours long, really interesting gameplay that kind of mixes up on what you think of as the turf war sort of gameplay and multiplayer for Splatoon. And apparently a great final boss as well with a really interesting soundtrack. I wanted to play it. I got the rental disc. I put it in my Wii U. I downloaded the update, installed it, and I launched the game. And it boot, 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 it has this loading 
loop of drums and it's got the, the splat wallpaper and it keeps going yeah, minutes on end I, you know it, it stalls and lags in the boot and uh, you know try cleaning the disc try deleting redownloading the update try doing all sorts of things faulty disc from the rental place so disappointed there i really did want to try splatoon especially with the news happening this week and let's get to that it's our headline roundup I would be remiss if I did not mention the Super Nintendo Classic Edition. Uh, that would have been last week's news if we had an episode, but of course the SNES Classic, you know by now. 21 games, $80, September 29th, including the never-before-released Star Fox 2. I mean, that, that's a big deal. If you talk to people who have played ROMs of that game, apparently it's not that good of a game. It was probably canceled for a reason, especially at the time when 3D games had kind of accelerated beyond that very polygonal style. Uh, but still very exciting that you could almost consider that as a 2017 release, Star Fox 2. That's that's pretty crazy if you really wanted to put it up in Game of the Year nominations. Uh, obviously, I think you know the two big missing games out of the library, which is stellar, by the way, at the Super Nintendo Classic. That's a terrific, terrific lineup of games. But I think you'd be remiss in forgetting Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy's Conquest, and also Chrono Trigger. Uh, obviously, you know those are the two names thrown around where people are wondering where are those games. Uh, but you're still getting a lot there with you know Earthbound and uh, you know Link to the Past and Mario World and so many great great titles. I think they knocked it out of the park, especially on the uh, the U.S. version there. But of course, it does bring to light that you got to bring on Nintendo Switch Virtual Console. I don't have a retro attachment, nostalgia, fondness for Super Nintendo. So I'm not necessarily going to put down the $80 just so I can have a mini version. Yes, the, the Super Nintendo controllers are nice, and I'm glad that they're three feet in cord length and not, what, the one feet, two feet, whatever it is. Uh, so this doesn't necessarily really interest me. It's a great collector's item, of course, but, you know, when I can use... There's the Raspberry Pi argument or put you know, emulators on your PC. There is that, but I would much rather give Nintendo the money to play these games wherever, on a console, on a handheld with Nintendo Switch. Get the virtual console plans together, Nintendo. That's where I will give you my money. Of course, SGDQ, Summer Games Done Quick 2017 has wrapped up as of this recording. Uh, they passed $1.76 million. That's incredible. That's an SGDQ record. They usually have the higher donations at the Awesome Games Done Quick in the winter, the AGDQ. Those get, what, 2.2 million, I think, this year was around the total there. Uh, but, you know, excellent, excellent runs this year. That's always an amazing week-long event. I think if I had to pick out some of my favorite runs, uh, I really liked the Banjo-Kazooie 100% run. That got rather close to world record speed. That was super impressive. Uh, to see Doom 2016 being broken in the way it was with an all-secrets run uh, for such a new game, really, and just coming out last year and really delving into that, uh, I think it was also great to see Breath of the Wild uh, have its, you know, turn in the GDQ sort of spotlight, uh, you know, for only being out for four months. But of course, the, the metagame for the speedruns has really been refined so much from launch, uh, and that's, that's really amazing to see on that big stage. And uh, the Super Mario series Warpless Relay race, uh, that was very impressive. Some, some great platforming, uh, 2D skills that I am envious of for sure. Uh, but I think one of the more impressive runs overall, just, just matter of fact, I mean, Final Fantasy VII, to sit down 
and have so much knowledge about that game for almost eight hours. Like, that's crazy. The GDQ's had some four-hour runs, some six-hour runs in the past, but eight hours, I want to say, like, that's that might be a record for that, and that's it's super impressive. Splatoon 2 Direct mentioned earlier, uh, you know, new sort of information. Kind of sad to say that it was uh, longer than the E3 2017 showcase from Nintendo. That kind of stings a little bit, but you know, a lot of new news on Splatoon 2. You have new gear, new modes, new weapons, new maps, all sorts of information there. But big news coming from the Splatfest world premiere demo on July 15th from 3 to 7 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, of course, they're bringing back the Splatfest where the community is divided uh, against you know a question, and I guess they're asking, you know, cake or ice cream? Which do you like more? I think you know the real question is cake or pie. That's really how you should split it up there, but I digress. Uh, you know, good to have another demo for Splatoon 2. Really excited to try that out again, and if, you know, get the chance to get in that Splatfest, just, you know, give it a try. It's free. Give it a shot on Switch there. Uh, also, lighting up the internet regarding Splatoon 2 is the the new DJs, the kind of hosts, in a way, for, for the game. I mean, you had Callie and Marie last game, now they play a role in 2's uh, campaign. But now you have Pearl and Marina, and the internet has certainly taken to the liking of Marina. I think, you know, not much is, is there for Pearl. You don't necessarily introduce a small bratty character and then have people expect to necessarily take a liking to her. I mean, you could say that she's cute, fine, whatever, but it's the attitude difference between the bratty character and then more of the aloof and kind of, you know, anxious, uncomfortable, there's something a little more endearing about that. Uh, but, you know, go Nintendo for knocking out of the park, you know, creating another character that the internet loves. I mean, you had your Twintel, and now you have Marina, uh, kind of nailing it there. And of course, finally for Splatoon 2, the online applications, it's big to, to mention, uh, both for Splatoon 2 and for Nintendo Switch Online as a whole, launching on July 21st. We'll see how those actually function, especially when the online sort of system is in its free infancy before charging next year in 2018. Castlevania now has its animated series on Netflix. Uh, four half-hour episodes, getting good reviews, and it's done so well that a second season has been ordered, doubling the episode count. So, uh, you know, good things to hear from a Castlevania animated adaptation. I guess there's rumors about an Assassin's Creed animated series possibly in the works. Uh, you know, if they want to do that as opposed to movies, sure, go for it. I'm, I'm all for that. Big news in the Overwatch community, Doomfist has been revealed. He's not played by Terry Crews, but he's more of a, a frontline attacker, has this kind of meteor drop punch effect. Uh, big for those that have played the game, Doomfist has kind of been rumored in the canon for quite some time. And I don't, I'm not sure. I don't follow the, the scene close enough to know if he's the last rumored character, but you know they've certainly had several uh, be revealed, whether it's with Sombra, whether it's, you know, different characters over that run. But uh, good to see Doomfist finally there. Uh, our chat chiming in with Matt saying he's the last one we have a name for other characters being hinted at. And that's good. You know, as popular as that game is, keep going. Keep uh, keep hinting at other characters. That'd be great to continue that game's sort of lineage there. Uh, but, you know, coming soon, Doomfist. Good to see. And finally, the D23 video games panel is next Saturday, July 15th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. This will be big not only for games like Star Wars Battlefront 2, but primarily Kingdom Hearts 3. And 
and uh, game director Tetsuya Nomura is kind of downplaying the news. I, I don't think he wants people to get excited for saying that, oh, well, uh, maybe a release date. I don't think it'll be anything like that. I think if anything you want to hope for, one world. Don't get your hopes up for much more. Maybe see some new gameplay from that world. I've gone on record as guessing before. I think, you know, it's it's time for Frozen to uh, to show its icy face. Let it let it go. Let it go and in in the in the Kingdom Hearts world. So, that'd be my guess. I mean, but you know, Moana would be another good one. Uh, you could maybe call in and talk about which world you would like to see and you're hoping for, you know, kind of get that big boss prediction in there maybe. But let's get to our main topic uh, pretty quickly here. I want to talk about the halfway point of the year. We've passed the end of June going into July, means we're halfway through 2017. Uh, I think it's a good point to kind of stop and see what game of the year 2017 is looking like. And so at the halfway point for 2017, I kind of want to highlight what I think are sort of the five nominees that if we had to, to stop today, and say, you know, what are Game of the Year nominees, uh, what would they be? I want to start and say Breath of the Wild, obviously, is is got to be there. Uh, this is, you know, a very early runaway contender for Game of the Year 2017. I think, you know, the industry really took a liking to this game. The, the critics, the developers really have an, just an awe of this game. And so I think Breath of the Wild, Legend of Zelda, like that's going to be a big one at the end of the year. So it has to be in... The five there, uh, Persona Five I think is another big one uh, that really hit the scene and really kind of captured people's attentions. Who, even if you don't like JRPGs, if you don't like anime games, you know, give Persona Five a try. It's my favorite game of the year so far. Uh, I think it's definitely worthy on a, a top five game of the year list as as of right now. I mentioned Horizon Zero Dawn earlier. I do not sleep on that game as well. We were talking in the early episodes of this podcast early in 2017 that there were concerns of those two games, Horizon Zero Dawn and The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, being released so close together. And how similar are the two games? You can see aspects where each game you know, excels compared to the other. But you know, definitely having the few months of a gap between the two, I've really enjoyed uh, both experiences nearly equally. And I think if I had tried them back to back, I may have gotten a little burnout of the open world and really more directly comparing which you know which aspects which game does better. Uh, but do not miss Horizon Zero Dawn. I, I said before, you know, PS4 is probably best exclusive first party game. Gotta give credit to Nier Automata as well. Uh, in a way, you know, Overwatch really kind of captured the gaming community as a whole with with fan art and with overall fandom for the game and i want to say if any game has done something like that so far this year it might be near automata you're seeing all the cosplay you're seeing all the fan art and it's a damn good game to boot it's not a game that i personally love or enjoy i mean that platinum action style isn't necessarily for everybody but it is so well done and man just so well directed by Yoko Taro. So definitely try a Nier Automata as well. I think that would be high on a, a Game of the Year nominee list. And then I want to give a shout out to the the indie scene. Uh, Night in the Woods would probably be one of the games that I would say would be worthy to be on a Game of the Year for the first half of 2017 nominee list. Um, we've talked about it on podcasts before, but you need to give that game a try, especially if you're 
you're feeling like you're stuck in the world and you want a game to kind of replicate those feelings in you and give you those emotions. But of course, we can talk about the first half of the year. But what about the second half of the year? What games could possibly challenge to get into that top five? So here are some some five more games that I think could have a possible run at sneaking into that top five and maybe altering that list by year's end. We got to talk Super Mario Odyssey. It's kind of amazing to think that Nintendo is set to deliver on two massively successful critical games in the first year of its new system that needed to succeed. With Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild and Super Mario Odyssey, I mean, all things, all, all the talk from E3 2017, I mean, that's winning Critics' Choice Awards and other big you know, game of the show honors. Uh, that's, that's high praise for a Nintendo game. And, you know, one that really dominated the, the conversation as much as Super Mario Odyssey. That's, that's really spectacular. Middle Earth, Shadow of War is another one. I uh, have not played Shadow of Mordor. But when you think that that game won some Game of the Year honors in 2014, it kind of shows uh, a weak 2014 list overall. Uh, but Shadow of War it seems to be improving on everything from that game in spades. Uh, people are big on, on that one, so possibly check that one sneaking in. Uh, and don't skip on Assassin's Creed Origins, another one that was you know up for awards and pretty rave reviews from E3 to take that extra year coming back and uh, kind of reinventing what Assassin's Creed is. I think it still has to deliver on other fronts. I mean, give us what the overarching story is. Really sell it there. But if you're borrowing elements and aspects from The Witcher 3, it's a pretty good game to kind of take inspiration from. So Assassin's Creed Origins may have that pedigree to get in there in that game of the year top five by year's end. Sonic Mania is another one. Again, a lot of people having high praise for that game uh, could be the best Sonic game of all time. And that's that's really saying something. Uh, to have that come out in mid-August, really excited for that one. Uh, that could be a, a darling that you know steals a lot of attention, especially when most people kind of poo-poo the Sonic franchise. So keeping an eye on that one for sure. And I'm going to throw a dark horse in here. Watch out for Cuphead. Cuphead's been kind of away for a couple years after, you know, people didn't like the overall platforming regular levels. I mean, Cuphead was designed based on the bosses and those look amazing. That uh, fantastic animation and art style. But they've had a couple years to kind of go away and work on the platforming for a little while. It would not surprise me if when Cuphead comes out slated at the moment for September 29th. If that, you know, steals critics' hearts, would not be surprised by years end to see that sneak in there. So that's what I think. What do you have to say? When we come back, we will get to the callers. You can talk about anything you'd like to discuss regarding games, whether it's your favorite games, your games that you're playing recently, any of the games from our headline roundup, or what you think are the best games so far this year, or what could sneak in by year's end. So many options available to you. That's all when we come back here on the Power Switch. Welcome back to the Power Switch. I apologize if I'm on camera here and I'm just sweating and gross. You know, we haven't had air conditioning for almost a week in this house. And in the middle of summer, that 
sucks. It's really unfortunate. I don't want to get the fan going to uh, you know affect the audio quality, so I'm just going to tough it out here and just be on camera for this podcast. So let's hear what you have to say. Let's get to the callers. Joining us from New Jersey, Matt, welcome back to the Power Switch. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to the show. What would you like to talk about today? So this is this is a really outstanding year for video games. It sure is. We, yeah. It's going to be tough choosing a game of the year. We've had we've had some heavy hitters pretty much every single month. January had Resident Evil 7 and Yakuza 0 on the very same day. Oof, yeah. February brought us Hollow Knight and Horizon Zero Dawn. March, of course, how how can anyone talk about the best game of the year without mentioning 1-2 Switch? Uh, <laughs> April in April we got Persona 5. Yeah, we uh, did. Long awaited. May brought us the new the Fire Emblem Shadows of Valencia, which, despite being a remake of one of the weirder games in the franchise, managed to be one of the best games in the whole series. And in June, fighting game fans get Tekken 7. We get a, a re-release remake of the Crash Bandicoot uh, games. And we've got ARMS as well for uh switch make shaking up the fighting game formula bringing it back down the basics and that's that's all only the first half of the year and not to mention some pl- uh, plenty of smaller games scattered throughout too and of course even yeah you're mentioning yeah, there's there's a lot of games there i mean yes breath of the wild you know being <laughs> among them in that <laughs> switch launch lineup uh but yeah, even games like if people want to throw out neo like i i couldn't deny that like that was a big game for February and just there have been so many and that's yeah, just the first half. It's we're we've been talking about it throughout, you know, even the first few months. It's like th- this is unusual, isn't it? Like it seems like there are a lot of really good games, but now we're half a year in uh, and it seems to have you know, no signs of stopping. Yeah, and looking ahead there's so many good things coming up. We've got Splatoon later this month. In August, obviously, Sonic Mania and Mario and Rabbids surprisingly looking like one of the most exciting games of the year. Yeah, talk about uh, that along. coming out of nowhere at you know, E3. Not only just, I mean, we knew it existed, right? But critics loved it. Loved it. You know, a yeah. lot of awards, you know, most or best original game. I mean, that's wild. Yeah, Yakuza Kiwami continuing the trend of really good remakes this year. A new Metroid game. Again, really good oh, remakes, gosh, yeah, looks like. Yeah. Uh, Cuphead, uh, someone somewhere is going to like Destiny a lot. <laughs> and maybe uh, <laughs> even, you know, Call of Duty World War II, yeah. I personally think Middle-Earth Shadow of War is very, very exciting. The first one is honestly a mediocre game, but the the Nemesis system, I was saying in the chat, I can't believe a better game hasn't outright stolen that system because it's one of the best things that I've ever seen, and they're leaning into it more in the next one. So that's... Like that's one of my most anticipated games coming up because the Nemesis system is just so so good. The uh, Super Mario Odyssey obviously is coming, which I think is a serious big contender for it based on what I've seen. Honestly, might my, my my personal choice is Breath of the Wild with Persona Five in a close second. I think that. Mario Odyssey is the one that has the best shot of taking those two down. Yeah, and if and it does, then, that's remarkable. <laughs> Yeah, and then even in December, Battlefront 2 is is looking very good for a lot of people, although uh, with the recent news that it will have loot boxes with items that affect gameplay, mm. uh, starting to pull back on that one a little bit. And uh, I'm just looking at Wikipedia's list. December isn't even on there yet. There's still plenty of games that don't have a release date still. And if, you know, uh, Nintendo holds to 2017 for Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I mean, with that series pedigree, like that could be a really strong game. Oh, yeah. 
that's uh, Xenoblade. The original Xenoblade was one of the finest RPGs I've ever played. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles didn't quite live up the same. It improved on a lot of the gameplay concepts, but the story was largely trash. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's while while it's a, uh, I'm very confident uh, recommending Xenoblade X. It's just the story's just so bad that I can't I can't really say it's one of one of the best. But Xenoblade Two looks to be sort of sort of putting the emphasis back on having a good story and. Uh, making sure that you know, we've got something good going on with it and expanding on the gameplay concepts from the first one uh, rather than going with the, the mecha direction that X went into. Yeah, instead we just get, you know, anime sword girls, so, you know. <laughs> uh, we're, we're definitely leaning more into the anime side of things, but you can't win them all. But yeah, you're right. It's it's a remarkable year for games. I mean, some people can point to 2007 as some you know, the big heavy hitters that came out that year, but... It feels like you're right. Every month, there's there's something notable that you know is going to make a big impact on the industry, and I can't wait to see where we are at year's end. And we're just looking at how do you compare between five amazing games? I mean, that's ridiculous. I, I haven't even managed to keep up with all the games that I want to play. I I just finished Yakuza Zero yesterday. Um, I've still got to get to uh, Near Automata. Uh, Splatoon is about to hit, uh, so I'm going to be focusing on that. I I'm having trouble keeping up with everything. Fire Emblem, I'm I'm very very early in still. There's just so much good stuff to play that I I can't even juggle all of it. And usually in most years, you're able to kind of take the lull periods and work on your backlog. But when there are so many good games this year alone, and if you want to stay up to date in those conversations and that this discussion. You got you got to play them all, <laughs> and yeah, it kind of leaves the backlog to continue to grow. Yeah, not to mention even the Kingdom Hearts HD versions just came to PS4 oh, a couple yeah. months ago. I've played a little bit of Kingdom Hearts in the past, but I've never finished a Kingdom Hearts game, and that's that's one of the finest HD collections that's ever been, uh, all on one disc. The, both of the both 1.5 and 2.5. Yeah, if you get and it on then, sale, less than forty bucks. That's crazy. Yeah. Even in our downtime, there's there's still older stuff being re-released to pull us back in. So it's so difficult to say like what is going to be the the one standout game this year, just because there's so many. This has been a really really good year, and it's not showing any sign of slowing down. And we can talk about you know how good it is for Nintendo to have Zelda and Mario. I mean, at the end of the year, that's probably going to be the biggest discussion if if you think so. But that just only shows how good it is for Switch. And for Switch to continue to be sold out through its supply shortages like that, it bodes well for a strong first year for the system. But, you know, to talk about in the years beyond, it's like, well, it has these great original games, right? So, you know, it's been a great year for Nintendo overall, really. And this is where a Discord outage happened. Uh, it's pretty tough to do a show on Discord when you don't have Discord. So clients failing to send messages, servers crashing, people in calls but not being able to be heard because voice isn't being sent for some people. Uh, it's, it's a mishmash right now. This is why... 
the show still has some kinks to work out, even though this is, is not our fault. But uh, even though he's not able to join us, Matt, thank you so much for your time. I'm sure he would recommend as a plug, go watch SGDQ Runs. So do check that out. You can find him on Twitter at Grimace Duminis. A good chat we were having until Discord decide to ruin it. So thanks again, Matt. Joining us from Kansas, Dobo, welcome back to the Power Switch. Good to be back, mostly. You made it through the outage somehow, you did, but not other people. Well, welcome. I'm glad I can talk to someone else on, on this episode that it will be plagued by this this outage. Uh, how are you doing? That was, that was super weird. That's yeah. the hardest I've ever seen Discord ever go down. It's, it's pretty wow. unusual, but... I hope all is well. Uh, what do you like to talk about today? Well, I'm here to talk about a game you left out on your uh, your little top five countdown at the beginning of the show because uh, you completely forgot uh, Yakuza Zero, mm. uh, which might be actually knocked out next month by Yakuza Kiwami, <laughs> another Yakuza game. Yeah, it's crazy uh, when a franchise gets its two games in one year. I mean, well, we saw that with Danganronpa in 2014 where you know two games came out back to back it's like well how do you pick do they kind of divide their own vote so to speak but uh it, it should be interesting I've, I've heard great things about yakuza zero very japanese game translated well it's resonating with certain audiences I, and i assume you too it's not my current pick for game of the year uh mostly because when you got a game like persona 5 where my life became persona 5 for like a month um, kind of have to pick that for game of the year so far. You know, that's just kind of how it has to go, but I wouldn't really hesitate to put Yakuza 0 at a very close second, to be perfectly honest. Because I know a lot of people are really big in uh, their second place pick. For the most part, most people's second place pick, at least, is Breath of the Wild, uh, for me, that that actually hits number four. Mm. <laughs> I think uh, Night in the Woods for me kind of hits the number three spot, and and knocks it out of that too. That being said, Yakuza Zero is maybe one of the best games I've ever played. Hmm. Wow, uh, it is fantastic, uh, and I'm so glad I finally got to play a game in that series. Yakuza Five obviously came out as a uh, digital only PS3 game a couple years ago and uh, I also recently beat Yakuza 5 but I don't think it was as good and I don't know how to explain how but there's also the whole thing of Yakuza 0 is a Yakuza game that you can go into with no prior knowledge of the series and that definitely helps because it's had a lot of sequels. But, man, that is high praise. One of the, the best games you think you've ever played. The way I've heard it described is that if you think Persona 5 was still somehow missing a lot of you know Japanese style. I mean, Grant, there's there's a lot in Persona 5. But if you think it needed to be more Japanese, exactly. Yakuza is the game you're looking yes, for. Yes, yes. That is, that is what I've heard. Uh, but what is like, kind of like the gameplay style like? So the gameplay style is super weird and actually kind of famously hard to explain. Hmm. So a smarter person than me could probably explain it a lot better, but I'll give it a small shot. 
So you play in Yakuza Zero. You play as Kiryu, uh, Kiryu Kazuma, the strongest man on Earth. Literally, that's the only way I know how to describe <laughs> him. He is he is so strong that throughout the Yakuza series, so you know how there's always the joke with Uncharted of Nathan Drake's killed a million people, and like that's just sort of a gameplay thing. Right. It's not. It's kind of implied that that didn't actually happen. It's just. There's not a whole bunch of a game there if Nathan Drake doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is, but you get what I mean. Yes. In Yakuza, it's canon that Kiryu has beaten up hundreds upon hundreds upon thousands of people. It is a canon fact. It happened in universe, and everybody knows it happened. <laughs> I mean, he's Yakuza. It's, it's Japanese mafia. So yeah, the Yakuza is the Japanese mafia, and Kiryu is a member. And in Yakuza Zero, he is he is a junior member of the Yakuza. He's basically just a lone collector. That's about it. And then uh, there is also a second playable character in Yakuza Zero named Goro Majima, who in the rest of the series is kind of just the rival character for Kiryu. He's in the rest of the series. He's this crazy dude carries a knife cackles he's so joker like that in the original yakuza one when they attempted an english dub mark hamill voiced him (laughs) Um, a lot of joker this year pretty pretty much so you play as majima before he became that super crazy knife wielding psychopath man it's more his game than it is Kiryu's, in my opinion. I think the story is more about Majima than it is about Kiryu overall. That being said, so the game plays as a free roam. You get a map, uh, and in this game, it's uh, two maps being Kamurocho, which is modeled after Kabukicho in Tokyo, and you've also got... Sotenbori, which I forget what the real location is called, but it is also modeled after a real location in Japan. And both of these locations are as accurate as they could possibly get them. Uh, You can go find these places in actual Japan. I remember watching a... uh, One of my favorite YouTube channels is Super Best Friends Play. And... There's a video where one of them goes to one of them named Pat goes to Japan and he went to the place that Sotenbori is based on and stood at the edge of a bridge and got really disappointed because there was a safety rail and his reasoning for being disappointed was Kiryu threw people off this bridge. I know exactly what bridge this is. Oh my god, <laughs> that's so surreal. Oh my gosh, that's it's super weird. It's it's kind of a, it shows a point where. Uh, you know, in, in games today, like the technology's come so far where not only the worlds can be so big, but they can be so detailed and like down to life size, life accurate. But it was it was that accurate on a PS2. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah. Like, think of it that way, because this this series did start on the PlayStation 2. Basically, it's a free roam game. You get free roam the whole map. Uh, you can go wherever you want. And there are random encounters. Uh, people will randomly uh, run up to you on the street and you'll get in a fight and you fight in usual brawler gameplay. It's pretty fun gameplay. The fighting is pretty fun. But that's not really the 
the the main appeal of Yakuza. That's just a side note, you know, the main gameplay of the game. The story is obviously a really big draw because Yakuza 0, at least, I can't really speak for anything other than 0 and 5, which also had a fantastic story, but not as good as Yakuza 0. The story is obviously fantastic, but the real appeal in Yakuza is uh, the minigames because there are so many minigames scattered around the map. Like Imagine, and in fact, there is an example of this, happening imagine in persona 5 uh you go somewhere and when you do an activity it's not just oh you did this activity here's your social stat bump um maybe not persona 5 the better example would be three probably Mm. like imagine you go to karaoke in persona 3 and then you actually do a rhythm game (laughs) and it's karaoke that's Yakuza. And in fact, in Persona 5, the batting cages are straight up lifted from Yakuza. Okay. <laughs> They're the same exact game. Well, that makes sense. And you know, Sega's of- publishing both games. There's some some sort of tenuous connection probably, there. Probably, I would assume that's probably why. Uh, and in a lot of cases, uh, the minigames are just other Sega games just lifted and just sort of shoved into Yakuza. And none of them are really required. I mean, every once in a while, I believe you're required to do karaoke one time in Zero, and that's about it. But you want to go do these games because they're fun. They're really, well, most of them are fun. Some of them aren't very fun, you know, like OutRun. Uh, I mean, the, the porn mini game is probably a different kind of fun. Uh, it's that's not a mini game. You just go watch. <laughs> you just go watch a video. Well, that's all I've it's really weird. seen. I've seen Kiryu beat up people, and I've seen bits and pieces from that. Like that's really, the extent of really yeah, bizarre. the extent of my knowledge on Yakuza Zero. But I'm looking forward to playing it. Really, I, it's it's high up there in, in my rental queue, and I hope it gets sent to me soon, at least by the end of the year. I do want to have a working knowledge by year's end, so that, that's good to and know. They're, they're Super weird games, though, because like now you can probably see why they're really hard to explain mm. uh, how they even play. Matt says in the chat, they're not super weird so much as they're unreasonably accurate Japan simulators. So the way it was explained to me, and I think this is the best explanation, and I got to give credit to Pat from Best Friends uh, for giving this explanation, is that GTA, a lot of the appeal of it not only comes from like, oh, you can do wacky stuff, but it's also, this is kind of a fictionalized, but also in some ways accurate depiction of American life. Yeah, yeah, exaggerated, but relatively accurate, yeah. Exaggerate, because like, in Japan, people aren't going to actually run up to you and start a fight. (laughs) Or have special moves with fire and things like that, so. Pretty much, because, uh, uh, well, it's not really fire; it's just heat. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> the the um, difference there, yeah. And it's not. It looks like fire, but it's mainly just sort of man aura. Is the got best it. Way that I can describe. Got it. That that key energy. Yep. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. 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 So, Yakuza is that, but for Japanese life. Got it. That's it's a that's fictionalized version of that. It's kind of bad to describe it that way. Because that's why, historically, Yakuza hasn't done well financially in <laughs> yeah. America. It's kind of bombed almost every time it's come out until Yakuza 0. Yakuza 0 is the best-selling 
game in the franchise, I believe, in America. And it's basically started a renaissance of the series in America, which is good. It deserves it. But uh, one of the reasons is nobody in Sega of America knows how to market these games. <laughs> yeah. I they, think you know, social media did a great job marketing it for them. Word of mouth has done fantastic mm-hmm. for this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally have gotten two separate people, uh, three separate people on our uh, friend Discord server to play this game. So that's basically all I really want to say. And the reason it's so bad at marketing is because they tried to market it as it's it's like Japanese GTA, but it's not <laughs> anything like that. I don't know. But that's I've rambled on for far too long. My basic point is uh, don't sleep on Yakuza 0 and Yakuza Kiwami. I think those also are going to be super big contenders for game of the year this year. I, I look forward to getting to it. I, I may just even bump it up a couple more spots on the uh, on the queue based on that recommendation. Fantastic game, and I definitely recommend you do so. All right. Well, Doba, thank you for calling in. People can find you on Twitter at the Dobaga. Anything you would like to plug? Uh, you can find me on Twitch at Detective Dobaga, and uh, also, actually, that might be it. Okay. <laughs> I don't really have anything else. I know there are rumblings and plans for a hobby LP channel. Uh, Mm. in the works, but nothing concrete quite yet. Well, stay tuned. Well, thank you for fighting through the Discord outage and uh, appreciate the time. Thanks for calling in. No problem. See you later. Joining us from Alberta in Canada, Annika, welcome back to the Power Switch. Yay, I'm back again. You are back again. What would you like to talk about today? Well, I don't think I've even played five games this year, never mind (laughs) five games that came out this year, so I don't have like a top five contender for game of the year but i I do want to talk about monument valley which is a mobile game i've been playing recently (laughs) and the sequel monument valley 2 came out this year so that's kind of a contender for game of the year and you don't often hear people nominate mobile games as like top games but it's a really fantastic game series, so I just wanted to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, Monument Valley won Mobile Game Awards. It was a couple years ago that it came out, and it was to the point where there was a deal where it happened to be free. So I have Monument Valley installed on my phone, but I've never opened it. Give me, give me the sales pitch. Why should I try Monument Valley here? It's just like such a different game that I haven't really played a game like it. So... It's an isometric puzzle game where you manipulate the architecture to create pathways for characters to walk or navigate through. And it has similar levels to those like MC Escher drawings where like you're always going up the stairs. So it deals with the optical illusions a little bit too. And you try to navigate the characters from one end to another. And there's a little bit of story, but it's not really narrative depth you just kind of infer what's happening there's no actual like dialogue or words it's a interesting game because it is a puzzle game so you have to kind of think outside the box with the optical illusions but it's not hard in the Mm. sense that it's not one of those things that you might like get frustrated with which i really like about it um it definitely challenges you to use the environment in different ways but it's not like difficult or challenging in the sense like you might not get it so it's more about like i guess the journey and like just playing through the story versus 
really like trying to trick people or stump people. So that's something I like about it too, because I was able to play it when I just needed kind of a breather or relaxing and I didn't want too much brain stimulation. And that does sound like a perfect kind of mobile game. And I assume like you're controlling it by your, your swiping and rotating it kind of like on the yeah. 3d space there. Uh, that's, yeah. that sounds really, really um, interesting. And I actually, when you mention uh, Escher and that kind of uh, sort of, style and sort of puzzles there uh it reminds me of a game series there were a couple games that came out on ps3 called echo chrome uh, and it, it kind of has a, a similar uh you know sort of premise there but echo chrome was very uh, monochromatic and based on lines and it was very black and white there and i think you were trying to move a character uh, about that um but yeah to hear that the game sort of style can be carried on in other ways and it sounds like a perfect mobile game you know pick up and play uh, and that it does you know, show that you know to be able to go through a puzzle game and not just be you know crushed by overbearing difficulty i mean for some people like that's just not worth it but you do want some mental challenge and it sounds like it does have that yeah it's kind of a thing where you try something out and you don't think that'll work and it does and you're like oh that's really neat or like you feel satisfied that you figured it out and that you know in a way i was almost kind of happy or proud that the developers decided to make that thing happen um i don't really want to spoil it oh no yeah, of, don't do that <laughs> yeah but like there's something where for most of the first game and most of the second game there's something that's just kind of like part of the background or the landscape and then eventually in a level you use it as like kind of a way to get your character from one end to the other oh, very it's just cool. like a really cool cool moment that they chose to introduce later in the game even though that thing appears early on so so more than like just the puzzle like object but also the background too yeah oh neat and so it just it's also just a beautiful game and that's something i really value in games is having like a really nice style or music or graphics and all of that and so it's got a really nice kind of atmospheric soundtrack to it and uh, the first game, I think, repeats some of the songs. The second game has like a unique song for each stage or level. And I actually downloaded the soundtrack because it's a like, really soothing, relaxing music. Nice. And then like the graphics are simple, but like the colors and just the way they use shadows because a lot of optic illusions use shadows and to trick you. Uh, just the use of light and color is like really beautiful. Well, you've been on the show before to sing the praises of Night in the Woods, and uh, mm. I think you've done a, a nice job selling uh, Monument Valley and particularly its sequel for for talking games this year. But I know I, I do have to go, you know, dig through that games folder and uh, finally boot up Monument Valley. I'll, I'll have to do that. But thank you for the insight. That's really great. Yeah, uh, of course. I just it's been hard for me to get into games lately. I'm not sure why. So when there's a game that kind of captivates me like this or night in the woods, I just kind of want to talk about it and share it and want everyone to play it. Absolutely. And then that's, that's what we like to hear on this show, you know, take different perspectives and share them with the world. So Annika, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, anything you'd like to plug in particular? I mean, people should play Monument Valley. There you go. It uh, sounds like a plan to me. Well, thank you for calling in. Thank you for your time and you have a good one. Yeah, thanks. I hope to be back soon. Thanks. Joining us from Illinois, Video Game Guru 64, welcome back to the Power Switch. Good to be back. Thank you. Thank you for calling in. Uh, what would you like to talk about today? Uh, I guess I would 
like to talk about the game of the year so far. Yeah. Uh, I've played some pretty uh, few. The most notable would be uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a very strong contender. We were talking earlier in the show on how yeah, Super Mario Odyssey may be a big contender as far as Nintendo stealing that big game of the year spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we make of the year would would be uh Fire Emblem Echoes. Mm, yeah. I think that's a really good remake. Yeah, you were you were talking about when you got that at launch. I mean you've been continuing to play it. Like what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, it it's really good. Uh, full voice acting. The graphics have been improved since um Fates. Oh okay, which, wow. If you played Fates, that's kind of incredible. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh there's kind of a uh, point-and-click uh, type uh, adventure style to it. When you're exploring the town, you can uh, you can have uh, the stylus go all, all over and uh, point out different uh, objects, and you can come and and then uh, the item system is uh, you can only carry one item at a time, hmm. so that gives you more strategy to your um, way of playing yeah and you definitely have to the, be more precise uh, there yeah yeah and uh the weapons count as items so whenever you uh get a weapon you can't use like a healing orb or something like mm, that okay okay yeah it's it seems like you know based on the older game it's it's mixed it up enough so that people are not just you know getting the same old you know, awakening fates all that it does it's just mix it up a little bit but as long as the core game plays it that's the most important thing the core gameplay is still there. Yeah, yeah. I haven't finished these games, but uh, I played Arms. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Uh, I played uh, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. It's Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. Yeah, that'd be a super strong one, say. and I don't know how people will, you know, sort of play it because it's so similar to you know Mario Kart Eight on Wii yeah. U with the DLC. But I mean. Yeah, if you're talking Metacritic score alone, like that's right up there. Yeah, and then uh, I haven't been playing this much much as I should have been playing it, but the Sky Five Complete Edition. Okay, yeah. I- I'm still working my way through that. It's a long game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are those are beefy games, and that's a part of the challenge with Switch. I mean, it's definitely coming out with some some new IPs, some new installments, but. To build up that library, there are a lot of ports. I mean, so you're talking Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, you're talking Disgaea 5. I mean, these games have been out before, but, you know, new versions on Switch. It helps bolster the library. But, yeah, I mean, Fire Emblem, that's a, a good candidate. Uh, it is a remarkable year here for games. So if you had to pick one, like, which would be your game of the year so far? So the Breath of the Wild? Yeah, yeah. That's a good it, choice. It's just so amazing. And the new DLC just hit, and then... There's gonna be pack two later in the fall. Yeah, so. that's gonna that's gonna be really exciting. I mean, I downloaded the patch. I, I have the the season pass, but I haven't been itching to go back to it because there hasn't been that big hook in the first pack. But yeah, give me yeah, give me it, new story content later in the fall. That's awesome. I heard that it's gonna be an epilogue story. Oh, interesting. So okay. Once you beat the game, you can play onwards. I think that that'd be pretty neat. You know, have some sort of portal or have something you know previously not accessible in the world that entirely possible i'd be looking forward to more details on that for sure well video game guru 64 thank you so much for calling in people can find you on twitter at that handle anything you like to plug 
last week was the uh, quick. Yeah, that just wrapped yep. up like mm-hmm. yeah, this morning, actually. Yep. <laughs> uh, this week is uh, the Speed Gamers uh, marathon of Final Fantasy. Okay. We're going to games. Oh, wow. That's, that's bold, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so, I have to check that out for sure. It's it's a good time for uh, for speed runs. We'll have Evo soon before we know it, and uh, it's yeah. a good time for for game entertainment on Twitch. So definitely check all that out. Well, thanks so much for calling in. You have a great night. All right. Thanks, everyone. Really appreciate the different insights from the callers. When we come back, we'll get to a thought that I have on a milestone that I just passed, and the different lessons I've learned along the way that I can possibly pass on to you. That's all when we come back here on the Power Switch. Welcome back to the Power Switch. This week's tempo control music is brought to you by Final Fantasy XV. You can find a new video game music top 10 list from a specific game soundtrack every Tuesday over at youtube.com slash rhymeswithasia. I'd like to give a thought in this closing segment on a milestone that I've just passed. Uh, yesterday, as of this recording, was the 10th anniversary of the first episode of Show Me Your News. So back on July 8th, 2007 was my foray into podcasting and I've learned some different lessons along the way uh, when it comes to creative processes and to make your own sort of path on the internet as far as creating content. So I'd like to try to provide some of those tips and advice to you while kind of giving a history on how things went back in 2007, because 2007 was an unusual time in that podcasts weren't that well known. Uh, They were obviously enough of a thing that I had kind of picked up on it. And I've, I've loved the concept of being a radio DJ or something like that, you know, who wasn't a kid when you had like a tape recorder and you made your own radio shows back in the day, or maybe that was just me. I don't know. But uh, to kind of go into college and have my passion be to record particularly music, uh, you know, playing guitar and learning the science behind sound and uh, going to sound engineering, which is a very specific field that takes auditions and it's a very selective process. So I went into university at the University of Michigan for electrical engineering to kind of get my path there and then maybe go into sound engineering. I bombed out of that. uh, And then I was also going through a really tough breakup at the time. So I was just in this really kind of bad part of my life. And uh, I guess my first bit of advice is if you're going through something like that, in a, in a way to kind of distract yourself, put all of your attention onto one thing, whether you're creating something or you're taking in some new media or anything really I mean, to take your mind off of What's really you know got you down? Uh, you know, of course, you want to have you know self help and uh, you know self care and to help yourself get better. But I found that really focusing on something uh, like what ended up being show me your news and podcasting and getting something off the ground like that that was the best thing that I could have done because I my attention was focused there while also still keeping at school. Uh, but you know, 
that was what took up my free time and I was became really passionate about it. And this was a couple months into the Super Smash Brothers Dojo website for Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Uh, and really, it's interesting to look back and see. I was on a podcast, Millennial Gaming Speak, over at Model Citizens Media. And you should check that show out. That's a, that's a good game podcast as well. But I was talking to them on their 100th episode just before this podcast. And I was talking about my history with games. And it's interesting to see how Show Me Your News and podcasting has really got me into appreciating games as a whole. I mean, I had played games before, but my parents were the kind where you don't want it to affect grades and things like that. And so I did not know much about games. I knew, you know, Pokemon, I knew some Zelda stuff, but I owned a Game Boy Color as my first system. I owned a GameCube as my first console. Uh, There is a lot to catch up. And so with Brawl uh, in, you know, 2006, where the E3 trailer you know, revealed Snake and Wario and Meta Knight and Pit and all of those characters. Uh, but, you know, Snake being the big one that everyone remembers. But that game's revealed. Nintendo Wii comes out at the end of 2006. And so the Dojo website in 2007, uh, that really got me into, you know, big into that community, but really eventually more games as a whole. And it's, it's been interesting to see, you know, to 10 years, I've just had this wealth of knowledge kind of pouring into me, just reading and watching videos and just trying to learn as much as I can because I've, I've missed so much throughout my life about games. And uh, I think it's interesting to host a show like this now to be able to talk with people about games. Uh, it shows an interesting uh, progression. But anyway, back <laughs> to the history there. I mean, I started that show by myself and I kind of wanted to really focus there. But eventually, you know, I realized you have to have a co-host. Like the, the discussion is is key for a podcast. So uh, you know, met a co-host that happened to be on campus. Uh, his name was Samurai Panda. Uh, many of you who may have listened, you know, back in the day know him well. Uh, you know, he became a great friend, a roommate, a friendship I treasure to this day. He's now a doctor. He runs Panda Global Gaming, a rising esports company. And that's amazing to think of, you know, how his journey has, has really progressed since, since that show. Uh, but, you know, once the main purpose ran its course of Show Me Your News with, you know, the pre-brawl hype, uh, we tried to change the show. We tried to, you know, bring in a video element that didn't go so well. We tried to have part Smash and then part gaming news. And that's where I kind of learned to love gaming as a whole. Uh, but at a certain point, our lack of independence and control of the show and where it was uploaded and the servers there and... Uh, the technical behind-the-scenes aspect, our lack of independence there lost our big audience. And that was that was kind of crushing. And it, it's odd to look back and think about that now. So my second bit of advice uh, to you would be, you know, control as much of the process as possible uh, because I, I would not want anyone to go through what we went through. I mean, to, to build a, a very, you know, focused and rather large for that niche uh, fan base and then for so many of them to think that we just stopped uploading one day when you know that couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, that's, that's crushing just because we didn't have the foresight to control our own media and our own content. And so that that's unusual uh, to look back and think about. And it's I, I something I would recommend to control that right from the, be- the beginning and right from the get go. Uh, we tried to do new things and add new segments and, different co-host arrangements over the years that we brought in, you know, the buzzsaw and we had super and Tony TH and I uh, brought in my wife for a time being, but 
I think that would be my next bit of advice. Uh, if you do bring in co-hosts, like don't be afraid to change. Like people's priorities may change. I mean, you know, it's it's not on you to control that. Uh, you can do the best you can to to stay focused on what you created. They can be passionate for a while. Their interests may divert elsewhere. And like that's if you involve other people in your project, don't worry about when they go their separate ways. Uh, that's that's something that's I think is also important. I think one of our most ambitious ventures over the years in podcasting, especially for Show Me Your News, was our Game of the Year award show production. It's something I'd like to kind of bring back in maybe a slightly different format this year. Uh, but to have the idea of a full audio production, just an extravaganza of what would be like a game award show. And this is like, you know, VGAs were kind of a thing back in the day, but it they weren't great. I mean, yeah, the game awards are, are fantastic now, I think, considering where it's come from. But to think, you know, back from was 2011, 2000, yeah, 2011 all the way through 14, was, you know, four, there was several years of just huge, huge productions. Uh, that'd be my next bit of advice. You know, don't be afraid to you know, think outside the box and go big. If you have an idea that you want to try to run with to try to test your limits and you know test your skills, go for it. It's a ton of work. It can be brutal, but when you get the uh, the final product done, like it's it's worth it. It it was worth it every year to make that show, even though it was you know hundreds of hours. That was just it. If every year it's like oh god, not again. Like I at the end of it, it's like I. I don't want to do it next year, but I got to, but you, it feels rewarding. It's, it's, it's a very strange sort of uh, mix there, especially when you're editing things and you're hearing the same thing over and over and over again. But that's, that's the editor's curse there. Over time, I wanted to talk about new things as well. I mean, I'm very passionate about games, but I wanted to talk about, you know, real world topics and sports and all sorts of things. So if you're you know, trying a creative venture, don't be afraid to branch out into different things. I think that'd be my uh, my other bit of advice, my fifth piece of advice there. You know, try new things. Don't be afraid to try new shows. I've tried lots of different shows. Some of them have worked. Some of them have not worked. And uh, I think that's, that's pretty important that you want to kind of diversify yourself so you don't get totally burned out by doing the same thing over and over again. And so as Show Me Your News ran its course and my life was changing, I think the most important bit of advice overall, it's kind of encompassing over everything, is that if you're passionate, don't give up. It takes a strong will. It takes a belief in what you're doing. And you know, if you say, I'm done, that's that's up to you. But if you're really passionate about you know furthering your skills and furthering the experiences and, and the people you meet, uh, you know, I was kind of reflecting yesterday, like that's there are so many things that couldn't be said about you know, the show me your news community that was fostered there. And, you know, how over 10 years I've met so many people and so many amazing experiences. I mean, I met my wife through podcasting and, you know, live streaming because of it. It's, it's remarkable to think about. And I think to have then those friends meet each other and build that network of friendships, uh, that's very humbling. And so I think over 10 years uh, to still be trying to podcast to this day, uh, you know, to try to come up with new ideas and something that I, I think I think we have a winner of a concept with this show. It's just we have to have it catch on with passionate people that want to talk about games and want to share their perspectives. I know it's a bit long-winded, uh, but that's kind of where my head's at with 10 years of podcasting. 
one, damn, I'm old. But two, it's it's been a hell of a ride and it's not going to stop anytime soon. And that'll do it for this episode of The Power Switch. We are hosted by RhymesWithAsia.com and we're on YouTube and Twitch at RhymesWithAsia. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Power Switch. And you can email us any questions, concerns, comments, or opportunities at PowerSwitchPod at gmail.com. You can subscribe to The Power Switch on podcast services such as iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And if you'd be so kind as to leave a review, that would really help as well. But most importantly, to participate in future episodes, you should join our community on Discord by visiting RhymesWithAsia.com slash call. It's a small but growing community, and in these early months or so, it'll be easier than ever to have your voice heard on this podcast. If you want a YouTube video to watch, it's almost like Twitch in a way, but they're going to be uploaded to YouTube, I'm sure, as well. Go check out some SGDQ highlights. I really, really should. I mean, there's a whole whole list. I've got it linked in the show notes, but go check out that Reddit thread and you have all the VOD playbacks on Twitch, but I'm sure some of these will be uploaded to YouTube as well. Uh, I just can't recommend some of these runs enough. Go check out SGDQ for sure. Uh, I will try to stick to this time of, of Sunday at you know 6 p.m. Hopefully we don't have any Discord server crashes like this. It's that was uh, that was something. But uh, thank you guys for fighting through it. Really appreciate that. And yeah, we're uh, my wife and I are about to investigate the moving house process, and that's gonna be it's gonna be challenging. But you know, looking forward to still you know, putting on the show and uh, having having a good time. So we'll see if big news happens during the week. If the show happens then, but if not, we'll see you next week. Uh, tune in to our Discord channel as everything develops. Stay tuned there. Uh, also on Twitter at the Power Switch. And regardless whether it's live or on your own time, I look forward to you joining us for our next episode. With that, I'm Peter Spasia. Until next time, switch up, call in, game on. <laughs>